Welcome to The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series from the Washington Post brand studio and T. Rowe Price. This podcast is designed to inspire long-term success by helping listeners make informed decisions on saving and investing. My name is Kevin McCormley, and I'm the former chief content officer at Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. I'll be your host and moderator. Today's discussion features a roundtable conversation with savvy experts designed to enable listeners to make more informed financial decisions. There are several types of individual retirement accounts, IRAs, traditional, Roth, and some you may have never heard of. Each has different requirements and consequences depending on your personal circumstances and retirement goals. This episode will cover the basics of IRAs, how to open one, and a comparison of benefits so you can determine which type may be right for you. My guests include Emily Brandon, Senior Editor at U.S. News & World Report and author of Pensionless, The 10-Step Solution for a Stress-Free Retirement, and Roger Young, a Certified Financial Planner at T. Rowe Price. Welcome to the show, Emily and Roger. It's good to be here. Happy to be here. The purpose of today's discussion is to make IRAs more understandable. So let's jump right in at the beginning. What is an IRA? Individual retirement accounts allow you to claim a tax deduction on money you save for retirement. You can delay paying income tax on the money you deposit in a traditional IRA and its investment earnings until you withdraw savings from the account. Unlike 401k accounts, IRAs aren't tied to your job, so you can continue to contribute to the same IRA regardless of what company you currently work for. What's the difference between a traditional IRA, which Emily mentioned, and a Roth IRA? So with a traditional, you may be able to deduct contributions on your tax return, as as Emily mentioned. Then you pay the taxes when you withdraw the money later. That's called a distribution. Another term for this type of savings is pre-tax, so it's before you're taxed. Now, a Roth has no tax deduction at this time when you put money in, but later, if you have qualified distributions, those are tax-free. A Roth has income restrictions, and a traditional might not be deductible depending on your income and whether you participate in an employer-based plan. So there are a number of things to think about, but in general, you know, the Roth, you get the tax benefit over time. With a traditional, you get the tax benefit now. Well, so the traditional IRA is sort of instant gratification. You get your tax deduction now. A Roth is delayed gratification. You get your tax benefit later. How do you decide which one is best for you? Well, generally, it does depend on a comparison of your tax rates. So you compare your tax rate now to what you think you might have in a tax rate when you withdraw the money. Now, that that can be difficult to do. But, for example, if you're a low earner today and you think that your rates might be higher in the future, that makes a Roth attractive. If you are a higher earner today and think that your rates might be lower in retirement for, for multiple reasons, that would favor the traditional. We like to say that in a lot of cases, the tiebreaker would go to the Roth. Roth contributions can always be taken out tax-free. Now, that flexibility can be a positive. It's also a temptation to tap into your retirement savings if you're not disciplined. But for a lot of people, having that flexibility today and also flexibility in retirement to have some tax-free income is a nice thing. Well, okay, you say you can take out your contributions at any time. Emily, what about the traditional IRA? What's the restriction on taking the money out once you put it in? So once you put the money in the account, there's a 10% early withdrawal penalty if you want to take the money out before age 59 and a half. Now, there's a couple of specific purposes where you are allowed to take the money out without facing the early withdrawal penalty. But in general, with a traditional IRA, you don't want to take that money out before age 59 and a half. 
And every dime that you take out of a traditional IRA is going to be taxed in the year you withdraw it. And after you've made that 59 and a half, every dime you take out of a Roth IRA is yours. There's no tax on it. Generally speaking, now, there is the possibility of a traditional IRA that you put money in that you haven't gotten the tax deduction on. That can make things a little bit messy. So if you can keep those in separate IRAs, I would. I also am not a huge fan of putting money into an IRA unless you get the deduction. I think that in general, there are other things you can do with your money, like a taxable account, other than putting money into a traditional IRA on an after-tax basis as opposed to the pre-tax basis. But again, it depends on your situation, and different people will give you different types of advice on that. Emily, how much money can you contribute to an IRA each year? The IRA contribution limit is $5,500 in 2018. Those who are age 50 and older can make catch-up contributions of up to an additional $1,000 for a maximum possible contribution of $6,500. That limit can change from year to year. So, for example, it's probably going to be around $6,000 for most people in 2019. So what other kinds of IRAs are there? you got traditional, you got Roth, any others? In addition to contributing to your own IRA, you can contribute to a spouse's IRA, even if he or she doesn't have any earned income. Once your children get a first part-time job, you could also contribute to an IRA in a child's name. There are also some IRAs specifically for small business owners, and these have different rules than the ones that are open to everyone with earned income. So how does the one work for your spouse? If you have a spouse that doesn't work, you can open a spousal IRA in his or her name. So you can contribute the $5,500 in your name and then another $5,500 in your spouse's name. Where can you open an IRA? You can open an IRA at a bank or other financial institution, a mutual fund company, a life insurance company, through your stockbroker or an online broker. You have a lot of choices. IRAs provide a wide selection of investment options, so it's a good idea to shop around among several IRA providers before opening the account. Look for the investment options you want and reasonable investment fees. And another thing to consider is, you know, do you need advice? Is that a priority for you? Certainly, some types of institutions offer advice and, and some you're more on your own. Now, once you put this money in the IRA, how does it get invested? Who, who chooses? What, what do you do inside this tax shelter? So IRAs offer a wide selection of investment options, a much wider selection than 401k plans. And so you can shop around for an IRA that has the investment options that you want. And you can pick among any investment that the IRA plan offers. And so you need to think about your overall risk tolerance and what you want to invest in. But you get a lot of choices, especially compared to 401k plans, where you get a very limited menu of investment options. So do you put all your money in the IRA at the first of the year, at the end of the year? When do you make these investments? That's a good question. I think there are different schools of thought. If you believe that in general, the markets tend to go up, you would want to put the money in sooner rather than later. But for a lot of people, that's hard to do, to, to put down a big chunk of money all at one time at the beginning of the year. So yeah, certainly putting it in on a, a monthly basis or if you just aren't sure what your cash flow is going to look like, you could put it in at the very end of the time period where you get to put the money into an IRA right before you file your taxes. Do you choose your investment with each individual contribution to the IRA, or is there some way to standardize this and put it on autopilot? 
A major benefit of 401k plans is that the money is withheld from your paycheck before you ever get a chance to spend it. There's no payroll withholding with IRAs. You need to actively open the account and make contributions. However, saving for retirement is easier for many people if the contributions happen automatically and don't require action every month. So you can automate your IRA contributions by setting up a direct deposit to your IRA from your checking account. That way, the burden isn't on you every single time you want to make a deposit to select an investment or to to manually move the money. If you automate it, it makes you more likely to save and you don't forget. Well, once you make an investment, can you change it whenever you want to? Generally, yes. There's a lot of flexibility to change your investments. You just have to follow the rules that your financial institution has. The good thing is if you do make changes, you know, that's not a tax-triggering event. So people tend to find that rebalancing, for example, is often advantageous within an IRA or, or another tax-deferred type of account as opposed to a taxable account where it does trigger potential taxes at that time. And Roger, what are the other differences between a 401k and an IRA, and can somebody use both of them? So, so as we've, we've alluded to, a 401k is an employer-based plan as opposed to an individual account. So there are certainly similarities. A 401k might have both a pre-tax and a Roth option like you have with your options for IRAs. You know, the taxation rules are similar. With a traditional, you get the tax break now. With a Roth, you don't get the tax break now. You get the tax break later. Both of them have penalties if you take money out before age 59 and a half, except for certain exceptions. And both of them have what are called required minimum distributions once you get to age 70 and a half. So a lot of similarities. The differences would be with a 401k, you have higher contribution limits and you could potentially get a company match. So at Tira Price, we recommend saving 15% of your income toward retirement. That, for a lot of people, is hard to do with an IRA alone. Now, as Emily mentioned, a 401k tends to be less flexible. There are limited investment options. There are also limited withdrawal options, generally. A lot of things to consider, but a lot of people do have both, often with an IRA that, that got started from money that you had put into a 401k. But you can have both. Even if you have a 401k at work, you can make contributions to an IRA. Yes, you can. Now, the one caveat I'll mention is that if you have an employer-based plan, there could be limitations on whether you can deduct money that you're putting into an IRA, and that's based on your income. So you have to be aware of those rules. So we mentioned the required distributions from IRAs and, and 401ks. Can you be more specific about when you have to take money out of an IRA? So for a traditional IRA, the required minimum distributions start the year that you turn 70 and a half. And there's a special rule for the first year, but generally 70 and a half is the age to remember. Now, for a Roth IRA, that has no required minimum distributions for the original owner. If you leave it to an heir, they would have a required minimum distribution. Now, there are some differences here between IRAs and 401ks. If you are thinking you're going to keep working, Past age 70 and a half, the money that you're putting into a 401k, you may not have to start the required minimum distributions at that point, whereas with the traditional IRA, you do. Emily, just how do you figure out what this required minimum distribution is? How, how is that figured? So it's figured out using an IRS estimate of your life expectancy, or in some cases, your and a spouse's life expectancy. And so it, it takes the balance of all of your IRAs, really, and it divides them by an IRS estimate of your life expectancy. And that's how they figure out how much you need to withdraw every year. 
And so it's spaced out throughout the rest of your life. And it, so it does help you a little bit to spend down your savings gradually doing it this way. But it's incredibly important to remember to take these withdrawals every year. The penalty for missing a required minimum distribution or withdrawing the incorrect amount is a very stiff 50% of the amount that should have been withdrawn in addition to the regular income tax. Some accounts will let you automate this process and set up a transfer to your regular checking or savings account so you don't forget. And uh, a lot of accounts will send you reminders, and it's worth taking the time to set this up ahead of time so you don't forget and run into that penalty. Now, once you get to retirement age, is there an advantage to taking your 401k plan and rolling it over into an IRA? So there, there are a few times in your life where you might think about rolling over money from a 401k to an IRA. And as you mentioned, one of those is retirement. Another is, is if you're just switching jobs. So let's talk about all of the options you have when you leave a job. So those include staying in your current plan with your old employer, rolling it into another qualified plan, so that perhaps your new employer. You can also cash it out, and you can roll it over into an IRA. So a variety of options. There are pros and cons of each. One of the advantages of a rollover to the IRA, as Emily mentioned, is you get more investment choices. And I think I mentioned earlier, you have more flexibility in withdrawals. Now, potential disadvantages of a rollover, it could have higher fees than a 401k, especially if you have a 401k at a good-sized company that's negotiated pretty low fees. Other factors include the fact that there are different exemptions to the penalties, that 10% penalty we mentioned. So if you might need the money for college costs or a first-time home purchase, the IRA offers an exemption. On the other hand, a 401k allows penalty-free distributions after age 55 if you leave employment. So again, a lot of things to consider. Uh, we don't generally recommend cashing out because of penalties and taxes. There could be situations where it makes sense, but generally not something that we would recommend. And an IRA maintains the tax benefits you qualified for by saving in your 401k account. You can roll over your 401k balance into an IRA each time you change jobs, which can make it simpler to manage your retirement portfolio. And some are more expensive, but there are good deals out there and it's worth looking for them. Okay. Now, a lot of people are trying to save for many different goals at the same time, maybe a kid's college education or retirement or that emergency fund that we talk about so much. If an investor has a limited amount of money to save each month, how should he or she decide where the IRA comes in that order of priorities? How do you make that choice of divvying up your money to do the best job for you financially? Well, as we've mentioned a few times, it depends on your situation. I would say as a general rule, getting a company match in a 401k should be a high priority. Establishing an emergency fund should be a priority. But having some form of retirement savings early is very important, even if you have other goals. One thing I mentioned is if you're eligible for a Roth, that can be a, a good compromise because the Roth is more accessible than a traditional IRA. Again, if you put money into a Roth, those contributions can be taken out. Not ideal to take out from your retirement, but in a pinch, it's good to have that flexibility sometimes. So you mentioned a penalty a couple times, and Emily mentioned it. Can we, can we go into that? A 10% penalty sounds pretty draconian. Can we explain when the penalty applies and, and what exceptions there are to getting at the money without penalty? So you can take penalty-free withdrawals from your IRA before age 59 and a half for a variety of purposes, including college costs, large medical bills, to pay for health insurance after a layoff, to cope with a disability, or even for a first home purchase. These exceptions to the early withdrawal penalty can help you feel more comfortable putting your money in an IRA because you know that you can get it back out if you need it for an emergency or a major life expense. 
But being able to avoid the early withdrawal penalty doesn't mean you should pull the money out of your IRA if it isn't absolutely necessary. Even if you use the money for an emergency, you still need to pay income tax on each withdrawal. And so it's nice that those options are there if you truly have an emergency. But if you have other options, it's a good idea to explore those before you pay this tax bill. Now, this is talking about a traditional IRA. What are the rules for getting money out of a Roth IRA? The rules are a little complex. I'll summarize it in general. The earnings that you have in a Roth, you can get out in in a qualified manner with the the tax-free treatment after you're 59 and a half and the Roth has been open for at least five years. So that's an added wrinkle to it. But the age 59 and a half is a key point to consider. Emily, anything you want to add to that about getting money out of a Roth penalty-free? Well, with a Roth IRA, it's important to remember that the money you put into a Roth IRA, you can get that out when you need it without penalty. It's only the investment earnings that you have to worry about getting that money back out and potentially facing a penalty. You mentioned earlier, Emily, that you really are reluctant to take money out to pay off debt or buy a house. If you think that's going to be necessary Does that mean a Roth makes more sense for that? Is that a thing you should consider when you're choosing between different kinds of IRAs? It can be, yeah. If you think you're going to need to get that money back out, you might want to think about the Roth IRA. But if you can, the real magic of Roth IRAs is if you leave the money in there until retirement and let those earnings compound without being taxed. And then you'll never have to pay taxes on the investment earnings if you wait until retirement to withdraw them. So a Roth IRA is a really good deal if you put money in it at a young age and then let it grow into retirement. And you miss out on that if you take the money out early. Roger, when does it no longer make sense to put money into this kind of account? Well, you know, I would actually turn it around a little bit. If anything, when you're approaching retirement, that can be an attractive time to roll over your 401k assets to an IRA. You know, we mentioned a few times an IRA is generally more flexible than a 401k. And of course, there are the pros and cons that we talked about earlier. To contribute new money to an IRA, you do need some earned income. So that, for a lot of people, puts a, you know, a bound on how early you can start putting it into an IRA. Okay. Now, here's sort of a fun challenge for both of you. We call it keeping you up at night. I'll give you a hypothetical situation that people often don't feel confident about, and you respond with your perspective. Here it is. How can I know if I am saving enough to have the money I need in retirement? Are IRAs enough to get me caught up? Emily? So IRAs allow you to invest a modest amount of money each year and get a tax break. They're also a place where you can roll over your 401k to an IRA, and that's how the majority of people build up large balances in their IRA plans. But unless you're rolling money over, if you're saving in the IRA, it's a nice place to to put a little bit of extra money and to get a tax break while you're preparing for the future. But saving that, you know, $5,500 in an IRA probably isn't enough alone to fully fund your retirement. You also need to save somewhere else in a 401k or a taxable account or somewhere else in order to build up a big enough balance for a really comfortable retirement. Roger? Yeah, I I would agree with that. It is hard to save enough just in IRA contributions. We recommend saving 15% of your income for retirement. So for most people, the the IRA doesn't get you to that 15%. IRAs can be a good start, especially if you don't work for a company that has a plan and a a company match. But yes, you'll want other savings. And in terms of knowing if you have enough, 
you know, there are a variety of techniques. You know, our company puts out benchmarks to give you a sense of whether you're on track given your age and your income. If you work with an advisor, you know, an advisor can use software to give you projections and give you some sense of what the realm of possibilities are and what type of adjustments you need to to get back on track if you're not on track. Thanks. I'm afraid we've got to start wrapping things up. But before we go, we have one last segment that we like to call, If You Remember One Thing, where we offer our subject matter experts the opportunity to reflect on one of our key takeaways from this episode. Emily, what's your one thing? IRA accounts have a later contribution deadline than 401k plans, which could allow you to reduce your tax bill shortly before filing your taxes. While 401k contributions are typically due by the end of the calendar year, you have until the due date of your tax return, which is usually around April 15th, to make IRA contributions. So when you are preparing your tax return, you can plug in a traditional IRA contribution to see how your tax bill will change. You might be able to reduce your tax bill by hundreds or even over $1,000 if you have the cash on hand and you are able to deposit it in an IRA by the time you file your taxes. Okay, thank you. Roger? I would just mention IRAs are one of a number of ways to save for retirement. The important thing is build the habit of saving and, if possible, keep increasing the percentage that you save. So, again, that may not be possible with an IRA if you've maxed that out. But if you can keep bumping up your percentage by a point or two per year, you can get up to that 15 percent or more that that a lot of us recommend and get on track for retirement. Okay, Roger, Emily, thank you so much. I think we've really helped some people today. Well, thank you for inviting me to do this. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks, Kevin. It was, uh, it was good talking with you. And I want to thank the listeners for listening. Please be sure to join us for our next episode, Simplifying Your Retirement Savings. And if you like The Confident Wallet, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Confident Wallet podcast series is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast episode does not provide fiduciary recommendations concerning investments or investment management. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific benefit plan or retirement investor, nor is it directed to any recipient in connection with a specific investment or investment management decision. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. The views expressed at the time of this presentation may have changed since that time. An IRA should be considered a long-term investment. IRAs generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Non-qualified withdrawals may be subject to taxes and penalties. Maximum contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. For more detailed information about taxes, consult IRS Publication 590 or a tax advisor regarding personal circumstances. T. Rowe Price, the Bighorn Sheep Design, and the Confident Wallet, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. The trademarks displayed throughout this podcast are the property of their respective owners. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated.